Welcome, everyone. This is another edition of the Explorer Traveler Show. Your host, John Gentry. And today, I just wanted to kind of go over some of the latest adventures that you've seen that have been published on the website, ExploreTraveler.com. And I think I'm going to start off with petroglyphs. So, I'm currently exploring the southwest of the United States. And the one thing that it's interesting about it is because of its dry nature, the petroglyphs of ancient peoples have survived. And just outside, on the very edge of the city of Albuquerque, there is a place called the Petroglyph National Monument. And it's not a normal park. It's actually, the land is actually, a piece of it's like, maybe owned by the federal government. Another piece of it is owned by like the city of Albuquerque. And so it's kind of separated in four different sections. Three of those sections is a part of the petroglyph trails. I wouldn't call them super challenging, uh, except for the fact that the environment, if you go on the trails at the wrong part of the day, at the wrong part of the year, maybe it's more than you can handle. But, I mean, it was fairly warm when I went, and I was able to do it pretty easily. But what's interesting is, out of all of the petroglyph trails, I think I think the first one in my report was probably the most interesting. So I'm going to, see, quickly go over to the website. And if you look down there... The second post is the Albuquerque Petroglyph National Monument. And the one that caught my attention the most was the Boca Negro Canon Petroglyphs. Some of these petroglyphs are very, very detailed. um, Surprisingly detailed. And I've seen things that I would say are maybe ceremonial human figures would be something I would call that. Um, Symbolic, you know, animals, um, lizard-type looking creatures. But I think what's interesting is, is some of the shapes of the animals, you know, seem to represent maybe some animals that are no longer present in the current environment. So it's possible that some of these pictures are the last documented reference of of an animal that that may be extinct, right? So I think that's that's something to, um, I think, point out. Now, I did a pretty good YouTube video. I, I, I mean, at least I think I did. Um, now I'm an amateur videographer, so you'll have to bear with me on this. But the one thing that you'll notice is I just show you what I see. And in this particular trail, there was over probably a hundred petroglyphs. Some were easier to see than others. And some of them are literally right next to the trail. And I was able to get some pretty good video of them. I think another one... My then my number two on the list would have been the let's see if I can pronounce this correctly the Rinconada Canyon petroglyphs. Now those they're not too far away; they're only a couple of miles from um, this other uh, canyon. And when you go to the 
the visitor center, they're going to give you the locations of each of these places. And I pretty much just typed in the name, um, Rinconada or the, you know, the Boca Trail and, and basically the GPS kind of did the rest and, and it took me right there. So, so the, they're pretty well listed with inside the, uh, the GPS coordinate system of your phone. And so take a look at those. Um, the third place, uh, the third trail that had petroglyphs was the Pedras Marcadas Canyon. Now these, there's actually a lot of, a lot of petroglyphs at this location, but you can't see them very easily from the trail and you're not allowed to venture off of the trail. I tried to use some camera to do some zooming and things like that. It didn't work very well, but I suspect at the University of New Mexico, we probably could find some detailed references to some of these um, petroglyphs. Uh, one of them, and I'm literally looking at it right now as we're talking, was it's this weird, I don't know, four-legged animal with a tail and an elongated neck. I mean, I don't know. Is it a llama or an alpaca or something? I, I'm, I'm not sure. But it's a very odd, odd picture that they, they, I mean, they took a great deal of effort to make this. So it definitely should be uh, taken seriously. And then there was another one, and this is pretty standard, I think, with inside cultures in general. Um, hands or handprints. Now, these petroglyphs, these are not, you know, they're not dipping it in some material and then placing it, you know, on the wall or something. They actually have to chip away at a top layer of black volcanic rock. And so what you're seeing is the chipped away material and what's left behind is a white material that fades over time, gets a little darker. But that offset in the color within inside this volcanic rock is what you're seeing. And, uh, you know, when they do the handprint, you know, it's very interesting in the sense that it's not an easy thing for them to do. The hand is got, you know, it's got the fingers and they're showing. So they put a lot of effort into it. And it's alongside some other things. One of them kind of reminds me of a horned toad because of the body and the shape. And I've seen horned toads over here. So it wouldn't surprise me if it is a horned toad. So they're, you know, they're telling you things that they're seeing or that symbology of things that they represent, right? And the last of the trails would be the volcanoes area or better known as the volcano day use area and there's several different trails there they're not very long um there's the one that's called the volcanoes trail or i mean this is these these three volcanoes are called the three sisters and then there's the ja volcano and then there's it's a got a overlook of the city of albuquerque it's it's actually much higher up in elevation than you realize and so you're thinking and go out there and it's gonna be like smoking hot and it's actually a little cooler than you would think. And then they have another one, the Vulcan Loop Trail. 
and the Vulcan volcano. It's not a very big, but you can kind of walk in that direction. And you'll go up slightly in, ele in elevation and you get a pretty good uh, view of Albuquerque, basically. So that's an overview of the trail systems. And I'm kind of on a mission, right? I would say these days is from an adventure standpoint, I'm looking at places within inside the United States right now that I find interesting from a cultural standpoint, history standpoint. Um, a lot of them are national parks, so that makes them pretty well preserved. Also, some of these require me to go camping and to spend overnight. Now, I've gone recently to Bandelier National Monument twice, and I think Bandelier... It's very interesting, and it's a, there's a there is right from the visitor center. They've got all the structures of the Pueblo people that were occupying that area, and that's what you see kind of on the surface. But there's a lot more in that park than people really realize. And just staying at the Juniper campgrounds, there's several trails from there that are not difficult to get to, and you can literally just walk from your camping spot. But one of them. It takes you to an overlook. And along the, that direction to the overlook at Bandalore, you're going to see you're going to see a view of the Pueblo ruins from up above on a canyon. So that's very interesting. But on the way there, there is two archaeology sites where a group of people they call the Anastasi. They, I guess they occupied that, that plateau up there. Uh, now, I had to assume that maybe they had access to water up there somehow. But I didn't see any water. It's a pretty dry area. So the climate must have you know, changed, and which would explain why they left. So that was another site that I was going to. And with inside that park, there's another petroglyph area called the Painted Cave. Now, I haven't been to this because it's difficult to get to, and I'm actually having to condition my body to be able to be prepared to go to this Painted Cave location. And it's kind of a conclave cave of sorts, and it, um, it's it got a, a lot of, you know, I seen, I can see some photos of it. There's not a lot of photos on the internet with it. And the ones that are there are somewhat old. So the current, they're, they're kind of pixelated. And so you can't get a lot of really interesting photos of them. So that's basically what I'm going to do when I get there is I'm going to get a lot of photography. I'm going to get a lot of video of the painted cave. And I'm going to make some attempts to get some 360 degree photography. Now that's something that I don't have the high-end camera gear for at the moment so there is some special apps using the video camera on the phone i may be able to grab some so that's what i'm going to try to do may have to get a special stand i'm unsure but to get there i got to be prepared to walk out in the hot desert for about 22 miles i think so i'm gonna have to carry a ton of water i need to be prepared to be spending two nights out there but they believe you can do it with spending one night that's their estimation you know you don't know how fast you're going to travel until you start doing it 
and carrying a full pack in you know some parts of the, the day up there I don't see them getting to 100 degrees but you're going down into some valleys and the temperatures may rise into the 90s and it's a pretty hot dry heat and you know I'm gonna have to wear a lot more clothing because I don't want my body's moisture to evaporate too quickly and the water is going to be heavy and that's mostly what I'm going to be carrying is water I'll have some dehydrated food with me a way to uh, well I'm not sure if I want to do the dehydrated food or if I'm going to uh, go with MREs and I may opt for MREs because they come with um, these heaters that don't require me to um, do anything that's like connected that could start a fire so I want to be very careful with that this is a very dry area of New Mexico and it's a dry time of the season and it's actually drier than normal so it's going to be pretty ripe for fire so I may just opt for MREs which are heavier uh, downside and of course you got to carry the garbage out so you know that has to be taken into consideration so I'm just going to have to see um there is some dehydrated meals that you, that do okay in cold water and absorbing the water. And I've got some reviews actually on the website, exploretrailover.com. And one of those is the mango sticky rice. It actually tastes pretty good cold. Um, I mean, if you're on a hard hike, nice hot meal when you're resting is always welcome. But you know that might not be the case and you know maybe i take one mre for the first evening that can i can heat up with water and maybe i take a couple you know things similar to the mango sticky rice that tastes good cold and there's some dry some things like desserts they don't have a lot of calories in them surprisingly enough but they got some space ice cream that has about 300 calories which sounds like a lot maybe if you're sitting at home doing coding or working on the website like i do sometimes but it, you know 300 calories carrying a backpack in a hot heat over rough terrain going up and down mountains yeah that's just a few minutes right so you need a little bit more calories than that you're gonna have to you know i'm gonna have to be prepared to have 3,000 or more calories per day so um, estimating a maximum of three days so i need to make sure i basically have you know an excess of nine thousand calories so ten thousand calories or more that's a lot of food right and i want to make sure i have the en energy to do so now i've been training so i'm not nearly as out of shape i'm still a little overweight but for some reason that overweight makes it easy for me to do hiking makes me harder to do other things like running but for hiking i seem to do very well at it uh so that is the painted caves once the temperatures reduce here i'm hoping i can get down to a place called three rivers and there's some other petroglyphs but that's from a people that are not connected to any of the pueblo um, tribe people so i think that's significant because honestly archaeologists and anthropologists and historians they do not know really who these people are i cannot find a lot of information on it so when i go down there i hope to get some clues 
talking to some people there that maybe they can clue me into some academic research that's hard to find. Or maybe there's a book, an old book in, in the library. And so I'm going to try to get some information on that. And symbology, ancient symbology, it's been used in every every place in the world, every culture. And the American Southwest is no different. There's a significant amount of symbology. I think there's some ideas about what some of these symbols mean. But they're trying to convey a message over time that is there for, for us to interpret it. And I think as an avid adventure travel enthusiast such as myself and my family and some of my friends, we, I think, have an obligation to help, you know, share this information, share this symbology and what we learn. And and I think in doing so, I think in, in a way, it kind of, it's a peaceful way of getting people out looking in their own backyard in their own countries in their own regions of the world and exploring nature because within inside nature is the evidence of a past history and past civilizations of human beings that were trying to leave us information and messages right within everything that they do right we we, we can learn a lot i mean just think about if you're a scientist you know twenty thousand years from now What's the best way to learn about the different things that we used in everyday life? Well, you're going to want to go to the one of those dumps, right? You're going to find pieces of stuff that we had discarded. It. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to get it 100% right, but they'll have an idea how we lived, what we did, what was the pinnacle of our our civilization, how did we rise, how did we fall, how did we rise again? I mean, all these things can be determined, you know, through the trash heaps of the past. And so there's a lot of the stuff that you see in the museums. A lot of it's taken from basically a trash heap from a long time ago. They probably weren't thinking about that was information that would be discovered in the future and be useful. But if you start combining the symbology and start combining the artifacts that are found building structures all this becomes extremely fascinating and it paints a picture and a message you know of something that they may have wanted to convey and maybe that was their idea of religion their idea of their ancestors their family because some of these petroglyphs show families i think that's very interesting you know i mean they're showing a family you know what it you know, what, why is a family on there? Does it represent their family, a past family, a family that passed away? We're not going to know that, but they're wanting us to see this for the future, right? And so we're honoring them by receiving their message and trying to understand it. And it's a good part of uh, being able to travel internationally and domestically. And so that's something I'm doing this year is trying to understand a lot of the different cultures within the American Southwest. And hopefully we get into Mexico, but I don't know if that's going to happen or not with current travel situations as they are. And so another area, um, the Pueblos were quite a quite large and extensive 
you know, network of towns, villages. Um, I won't call them city centers, but maybe much larger centers where people gathered. And there's quite a few locations still for me to go to. I am going to document each one. And of course, each one will have its own separate article. Hopefully, I'll have a video for each one. I will post the video on YouTube. I'll post the video on Facebook and maybe a couple of my obscure channels that I will use, like BitChute and such. And, you know, I'll try to, I'll try the best to make it as entertaining as possible. And, and, you know, some people cannot go out to these sites. And I am very respectful with that. Um, I myself am getting older and one day I won't be able to do this and I will be looking at other people's material. So I'm trying to think, put myself in other people's, you know, situations in their seventies and eighties, hopefully older than that. A lot of them are watching these. I see the data that comes in from my analytics and sometimes I am surprised that, you know, between 10 and 20% of the viewers and readers on the on the blog are over 60 so i am taking that into consideration and you know trying to give you something to study and to research and to see some really high quality you know photography that karen does for us and um, i'll try to improve the video over time but since we don't have much of a budget for doing this, it takes me a little bit of time, and I, I just pay for this out of our pockets and money that we've saved up. So I think before we log out, uh, I'm just going to say rest in peace, John McAvee. He recently um, died in a Spanish prison, and they're claiming it was suicide, but he, being a... Uh, computer coder and symbologist of him in his own right a year earlier he basically said he would never commit suicide and people around him don't think he did commit suicide but that is the official cause of death as of this moment in time and that may change hopefully it does like but he before he left he did his own symbology and to the point where he literally did a um, a tattoo on his arm because if he said if anything ever happens to me you know look for this tattoo and it's a symbol I'll post the symbol in the dis- you know back in the description it's another form of symbology similar to the petroglyphs um, this is just more recent you know he wants you to track down understand the symbology and possibly discover you know, the information that he had said over the years that he was keeping secret that he had collected uh, a long time ago. And so uh, modern day symbology is the same as these ancient petroglyphs. It's just a matter of interpretation. So thank you, everyone. I hope this was informative. Please take a look at ExploreTraveler.com. Please like and share our you know, photographs, our videos, our articles. It really, really does help us a lot. We do not get very much income from the website based on, you know, what's happening between social media being highly critical of every single detail on everything that we do. 
or to the form point where they just don't want to let people see our stuff unless we pay them for advertising. It's another problem. And, you know, you sharing this and helping us get the word out helps us get more visitors. And from time to time, it does help us um, get a little bit of income from our network and the website that we need desperately to upgrade camera gear and buy new equipment. And it's the gear that's really expensive to maintain. And it wears out over time, gets dust in it. So we really appreciate everything that you do to support us. And um, we're thinking about um, doing some Patreon accounts and maybe there's some way we can get some donations a little bit that would also help um so just keep you know keep that in mind as you look and you read our stuff over the years and some of you have been following everything that we do for like 10 years now so we really really thank you for doing so and please continue liking and sharing and subscribing hitting the bell on youtube and everything that you do it really really does help helps us rank higher than in uh, some google so i think that's it i want to keep this relatively around 20 minutes and i thank you and travel on everyone